The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Sitchara Cable, Channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, Channel 15.3, and Comcast Channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Cali for 98 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada Bilal Baum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Mon Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or something to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Easter Sunday is a day set aside for the remembrance of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This man whom Pontius Pilate had washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. Just imagine standing on the side, watching Jesus make his way to Calvary, carrying the very cross he would eventually be nailed to. 
The suffering Jesus would soon endure as a sacrificial lamb for the sins of the whole world. As foretold in Matthew 17:23, and they shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry. Such a sad event for anyone to be a witness of. Lend an ear as our church choir, under the direction of Emilia Hahn, sing this profound song entitled, Were You There? Accompanying our church choir will be Edith Matsuki on the piano, Iris Locke on the organ. Please join in singing as the words appear on your television screen.
A significant birth of a significant child born in a little town, Jesus will go up to do the work of his Father in heaven, preaching and teaching those who seek the Lord. His words of salvation and preparation of his second coming will one day reach the hearts of every man, woman, and child, because now is the accepted hour. Tomorrow is never promised to us. Listen as the men and women of our church band under my direction play this uplifting tune entitled, Because He Lives.
Our soloist this morning, Christy Hahn, will lift her voice in praise and thanksgiving unto the Lord for the things He has done. Is doing and will continue to do this beautiful melody entitled, Love Guru Where the Blood Fell, with It Is Finished. Accompanying Christy will be Associate Pastor Marlon Bing on the bass, Justy Associate Pastor Vince Protein on the guitar, Iris Lock on the drums, and yours truly on the piano. Jesus on the cross, the people crying, looking on a bad wicked tragedy. But what this world could not see. It would break the chains of sin's captivity. Just blood has come. 
is finished. There'll be no more. more. It is finished. The end of the conflict. It is finished. And In 2 Chronicles 7.14, it reads, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Listen as our church choir once again sing this thought-provoking and inspirational song entitled, We Believe.
Blessed with their God-given talents are the trumpet players of our church band, playing these upbeat and festive tunes is simply entitled Easter Medley. What a wonderful way to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ with songs of glory and honor.
The challenge for every Christian is to work with God and not against Him. Yes, and to realize that we have an everlasting covenant with Him that will take us into heaven. Will you be there for Jesus when He calls? Will we say, here I am, Lord, as stated in Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Our husband and wife do it, Associate Pastor Marvin and Sherlyn Abing, We'll sing this heartfelt song entitled, It's Not an Easy Road, and I'll be accompanying them on the piano. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this wonderful song to Samiko Aya of Molokai. May Jesus pour out bountiful blessings upon you, press down and overflowing in this life and that to come. Have a great Easter Sunday. It's not
in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Chartered Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 a.m to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing service at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Bologo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vespia Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. 
And now I'd like to return our program back to head pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. It is a great joy that I'm able to greet you on this wonderful and exciting Easter morning. It is with much anticipation that we have been truly born again, await the return of the Lord and save Jesus Christ. We know of His birth, His teachings, the peace and the comfort that He has given to all that will believe, and we know too of the cross of Calvary. But more importantly, the empty tomb affirms our faith that He has risen from the dead and has led captivity captive. Yes, we have something great to rejoice about. Just imagine a wonderful morning like this on the first day of the week, on the outside of Jerusalem, Mary Magdalene was greeted by the angel of the Lord, which said unto her, He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Which brings me to the title of my sermon this morning, titled, The Resurrection of the King. Jesus' tour of earth brought a broth, breath of fresh air to the world of gloom. Being the Lamb of God, is self-sacrificed to eradicate sin and draw men unto himself, expressed a pure love of God. He humbly took on the form of man, so that mankind could be reconciled to God once again. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.19, with emphasis placed upon the oneness of the Lord, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their transpasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. In spite of our sinful nature, God is most merciful, gracious, long-suffering, and truthful. He made the ultimate sacrifice in order to bring back once again his creation, that is you and I, into his righteousness. Paul further writes in the 20th verse, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ that be reconciled to God. For every person who will let the Savior in, a new beginning is at hand. As the morning sun brings an awakening to a new day, won't you let Christ be that bright and morning star in your spiritual life and attain the peace, joy, and comfort which He alone can give? Through the word of faith, you too can find His righteousness and true holiness. By the power of His resurrection, you too can share in the promises set before us. Won't you let the Savior in? Let us turn to our Bibles and reading Philippians 3, 8-10. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings, be made conformable unto His death. The Apostle Paul was willing to give up all of his earthly possessions and his earnest desire to be knowledgeable of the things pertaining to a successful life, that he might without interference learn Christ. In all of his preachings, Paul emphasized that Jesus must be first in our lives. In the Ecclesiastes, Solomon in his writings promotes the theme, above all, fear God. Yes, Jesus suffered on the rugged cross for our salvation, but we do not worship the cross, nor the place where he was laid. However, the power of his resurrection is of the utmost importance to the believer, for thusly we are given the assurance that this same resurrected Lord is coming back for his own. Have you ever asked yourself, just why did Jesus have to die, and who really condemned him that he should suffer such a terrible death? Such a thought-provoking question, when answered correctly, brings forth total commitment. The simplest answer I can render to you today is found in John 3:16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus was born to die for the sins of the people who lived during His time, as well as for those living today, and yes, even for those who will eventually be born into this world. You may ask, who then killed Him? Well, it was people like you and I, who were situated firmly in our beliefs and traditions and perhaps dwelling in an unbroken line of earthly success. They were such who did not believe in the doctrine and therefore had Him crucified. Convicting? 
Surely the word of God is a piercing two-edged sword, which convicts us of sin, unbelief, apathy, backsliding, and all unrighteousness. Today, let the word of God and Jesus Christ have free course in your life. We have sinned. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. We have even deliberately chosen to break His laws and therefore have put a barrier between us and God. However, His forgiveness and His mercy is everlasting. Christ's forgiveness extends far beyond our comprehension. However, it is clearly set before us, bringing life and immortality to our knowledge through the gospel of the kingdom of God. For further assurance, let us turn to 2 Timothy 1, 9-10 and read, Who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But it's now made manifest by the appearing of the Lord Savior Jesus Christ, who had abolished death and had brought life and an immortality to light through the gospel. We were once lost in sin, but Jesus found us. Perhaps you wander aimlessly through this life without hope, confused, having no assurance or knowledge of future life. But today, you can have Jesus. And as a disciple, Thomas replied, My Lord, my God. Indeed, to Thomas, it was an awesome sight to see the resurrected Lord, which caused him to repent of his doubt and to assert his faith. Similarly, thousands of people do attend church, but they are not sure if they have truly gained access to God. I wish to pose a question to you this morning. Are you sure that He is your Lord and Savior? And have you done what is needed for you to enter into the kingdom of God? Let us read in Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but there is a solution. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. No man can save himself or keep his soul alive. Salvation is only possible through Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, we read, For by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of us, lest any man should boast. Jesus spoke of the need of the new birth in his talk with a Pharisee named Nicodemus. Even though this Pharisee was a deeply religious man, dedicated and obedient to the law of God, it was necessary for him to be born again into God's family. Man cannot bring about this new spiritual birth by his own efforts, any more than a baby can cause his own conception. Rebirth is something that God initiates and completes. A man becomes a new creature in Christ Jesus. Apart from this spiritual rebirth, man remains outside of God's family. We find the answers in the scriptures as we turn to John 3, 3 to 4. Jesus answers unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered in John 3, 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. These verses inform us of the necessity for water baptism. This then is what is meant as being born of water. One must go down into the water, be buried in it, and then come up out of the water. This affirms the scriptures as is listed in Romans, the sixth chapter, that water baptism symbolizes the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sprinkling or pouring water over your person is not baptism. Water baptism is and will continue to mean to dip, immerse, or plunge. What then does it mean to be born of the Spirit? This simply means receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost as evidenced by speaking in an unknown tongue, and more specifically, a tongue which is not common to man. Let us revert back to the scriptures as it was on the day of Pentecost when God established His true and only church. Tongues are very evident today. We read in Acts 2.4, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Who is that spirit? It is Jesus himself. And that tongue is generated by God alone. It is the only evidence one has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. For those who believe it, it is an intoxicating and refreshing experience. Another question arises on this subject of salvation. By or in whose name must baptism be administered? The answer is definitely in the name of Jesus Christ. 
After all, the name of the Father is Jesus. The name of the Son is Jesus. The name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. After all, does not Acts 4, 12 declare the Apostle Peter, while with Jesus on the coast of coast Caesarea Philippi, was being prepared to eventually reveal the keys to the kingdom of God. On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God fell upon the 120 who tarried, proclaimed the method in which one's sins can be removed, thereby enabling him to become a part of the family of God. Let us read in Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Here, two wonderful promises are clearly stated. Our sins will be removed as far as the east is from the west, and you will remember them no more. And secondly, the gift of the Holy Ghost will enable us to be sealed until the day of redemption. But may you ask, but I have been baptized, as listed in Matthew 28:19. Isn't that good enough? God tells us that we must fulfill all righteousness. There cannot be two baptisms in the Bible, and both leading converts to his kingdom. There is but one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. The myth of baptism, as previously stated in Acts 2.3, confirms Matthew 28.19. Thus, the truth of the matter is, until one recognizes the sovereignty of Jesus Christ and has been identified with his name in water baptism, one has not been saved. Therefore, the name of Jesus is very important. It is the name of God. Let us read Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We pray that you will let this doctrine with Jesus Christ himself preach have free course in your life, that you might find the true blessings of the Lord. The Bible tells us only God can forgive sin. There is not one instance in the Bible where one of the apostles forgave the sins of anyone. However, it was through the word they preached, magnifying the name of Jesus, that sin was removed. With an invigorating sense of assurance, this is along, along with a complete knowledge that he is risen. Listen to Colossians 1, 17 and 18. For he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. It is vitally important to recognize the superiority of Christ. He, that is Jesus, was the firstborn of every creature and even of the dead. Yes, Jesus rose triumphantly from the grave and thereby made all things subject unto him, including death. Matthew declared in the 28th chapter and in the 18th verse, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth, thus confirming the deity of Jesus Christ, who was God in the flesh. Let us continue reading verse 19 and 20 of Colossians chapter 1, For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether they be things in the earth or things in heaven. God the Father declared that in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And yet today in these closing and perilous times, there still exists unbelief and no fear of God. The phraseology coming to the Christian realm, for example, born again, He is risen, or Jesus coming soon, has taken the backseat in many men's hearts. Men's hearts remain unchanged in spite of the stirring conviction cited in the Word of God, and in spite of the apparent destruction that is very evident at the moment across the face of the earth. Why will men not turn to the Lord? It is because of the hardness of the heart which breeds unbelief, and if continued, will be meant to destruction. We as servants of righteousness must be in pursuit of righteousness, and also willing to invite souls to Christ that they too might be saved. Even today, the hardness of the heart is obvious. People would rather turn their hearts to New Age religions than to false doctrines which appease the heart and satisfy their affections and lusts and do things which are tangible rather than turn to the Lord and worship Him in spirit and in truth. 
Nevertheless, amidst an age of falsehoods and false doctrines and seducing spirits, God gave unto us a new thing and is turning the world upside down. Let's read Acts 17, 67. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren to the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down and have come hither also, whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying, There is another king, one Jesus. And we are able to say within ourselves that we have the faith of the apostles, that is, that apostolic faith. Have you ever wondered what event motivated the disciples more than ever to believe upon him whom he had sent? Saving faith is fueled by believing upon the living Christ who lives forever and who will soon return to rapture his saints and judge the world. Yes, the power of his resurrection should not be underestimated. Our salvation is secured by his death and we are assured of the promise of eternal life through his resurrection. Let us turn to 1 Corinthians 15, 12 to 17. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then his pre our preaching is vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins." The fundamentals of the Christian belief is Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sins of the world. Do you realize that sin is not just an act which can be resolved by the law, but that it is an inherited characteristic come to all men, past, present, and future? And that therefore purification should be the foremost thought upon your mind today? Let us continue reading verses 18-20. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and became the first fruits of them that slept. Isn't it wonderful to know that whether we be alive or dead, we are the Lord's. As Christ fulfilled all righteousness, died for the sins of the whole world, and rose again, leaving captivity captive, we who believe are looking for that blessed hope, which is the glorious appearing of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can you imagine how dark, aimless, and void our lives would be if the tomb where Jesus was laid remained silent and secured? Yes, much tears of despair, sorrow, and hopelessness would exist, from the noblest to the most insignificant of souls. And yet, this spirit of despair is existent in many who have not yet found the Lord. Let us read in Romans 8, 19-21, For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who had subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Man chose to sin and desired to be disobedient in spite of being aware of the known will of God. But God, who is rich in mercy and love, provided us with a ministry of reconciliation whereby mankind may once again enter into His presence, pure, spotless, and without sin. Oh, how wonderful it will be to be ever with the Lord forevermore. This is why Easter, the joy of that special morning, extends beyond Easter bunnies, bonnets, parades, colored eggs, and the infamous Easter egg hunt. Unfortunately, these things obscure a time of spiritual rejoicing, accompanied with praises and thanksgiving, which is the true meaning of this hallowed event. We as believers in the resurrected Lord must continue to proclaim the message of His coming and the reason for the empty tomb located on the skirts of the city of peace, Jerusalem. Yes, we have something great to look forward to. 
Let us read in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that he sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with his shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful and exciting Easter morning. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the Church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Blehan Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. Our church band will close our Easter telecast by praying for you this tune entitled, Death Had No Terrors.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.